Hello, hello. Thanks for listening to Guidance Counselor 2.0. Listen, I want to give you a quick rundown of what this podcast is and what you're about to get into as you listen to these episodes. We had guidance counselors in middle school. We had guidance counselors in high school, but we didn't really have guidance counselors in college. And now as professionals, we don't really have anybody to turn to, to ask a quick question, to learn something about the job search or to navigate your career. And so that is what I want this podcast to be for you. I want it for it to be a tool for you to navigate the job search and your career. So that being said, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you need to reach me, social media at T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. And finally, please rate and review this in the app store because I want this to be discoverable for others so they can navigate their careers. Hope you enjoy the episode. All righty. We're live. Finally. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, I'm very excited to hang out with my BFF, Chris DeMars. You know, it, it's, it, it's like I posted and I really truly mean this, Chris, I, you know, I, my, my, my close friends. Now, of course I say this and everyone, everyone's gonna be like, well, shit, am I Taylor's close friend now or not? <laughs> All that being said, the people who I've known for a long time, I don't even think about bringing on the pod because I know them so well. Because yeah. really what the podcast is, is a way to meet new people, right? So I'm like, oh, yeah, I know Chris. Like, I don't need to hang out with Chris. And Chris led my DMs. I was like, yo, bro, let's, oh, let's go live together. I said, oh, shit. Yeah, that'll be nice. So here we are. We're live. Um, very excited. For those of you who tune in, welcome. Say hey. We'd love to hear from you, as always. Um, this, is a, this is a two-sided thingamajigger. Um, this is a, I'm pretty sure a thingamajigger is a fishing lure that Chris and I will talk about here soon, but, um, uh, it is, uh, this is a networking platform. So please say, Hey, um, and, and connect with people on the platform. Um, I can't tell you the amount of people I have on who are, who have found mentors, mentees, apprenticeships, internships, new jobs, new connections. Um, there's a lot of people who, um, so I encourage you to network off the back of what I do. Um, one of the reasons why I do this every day, the reason why I do unicorn finders consistently is because I want to provide a network for you to tap into. So if I were you and I'd watch this now in the future, I would go through every single person who comments that says, Hey, just connect with them. Hey, I saw you on guidance counselor 2.0 this morning. We'd love to connect. Then I'd hop on over to unicorn finders. I connect with every single founder that I've had on a unicorn finders. Listen, guys, guys, gals, I've been doing this for three years now. If you do that, you're gonna be pretty networked in. And so, um, so go connect with Chris. Chris is an amazing follow, both on Twitter, uh, mainly on Twitter, mainly on Twitter. Um, so go connect with him. Um, and then, uh, and the second thing is ask questions. Guys like Chris um, are, are, are awesome. Um, they bring a lot of knowledge um, in a lot of different areas. And so uh, ask questions. This is the one time we don't get billed for it. Um, so I want to give a shout out to a few more people tuning in. Todd, it's good to see you, buddy. Um, Mark, John, Eugene, it's great to see you as well. Love that energy. Becca, Alex, uh, James Q. Quick. What up, James. Uh, Noah, my guy, it's good to see you. Shout out to Noah Allen. Noah actually helps with some of my video editing. Um, and Noah actually just got accepted to Nashville Software School here in Nashville nice. um, remotely. So I'm very, very excited for him. So congrats, buddy. Michael, good to see you. Chris. Gracie as well. No, Chris is not in Nashville. I wish he was. If Chris was in Nashville, he'd be at my house right now. Chris, where are you I at? Think, I think he's talking about Chris Jarvis. Oh, yeah. No, I think he's Duh. Oh, yeah. Chris Jarvis is in Nashville. <laughs> Chris DeMars is not in Nashville. Though, right? I'm not in Nashville. Uh, let's see here. I love it. Brad goes, yo, yo, chicken on my lunch break. Loving that Tim Hortons mug, man. Since moving to yeah, Chicago. Pants, oh, I truly miss my Timmy's. You have never had it. Timmy's is the best coffee, hands down. Never had it. If you like Starbucks, those are fighting words. We're going to throw knuckles, baby. I like <laughs> Dunkin' way better. Dunkin' sucks. 
Timmy's I'm not day, saying baby. it's good. I'm just saying that, like, you know, I, I, I don't have a Tim Hortons over here, Chris. So I got, I got, I got to make well, do. I got to make well, do. It sounds like you need to come up to where I live. You get that Detroit style well, style I, and I, some Tim. And I, I still want to come hang out with you. I still want to come hang out with you. Out there. Come on, baby. Let's go. I've never been to Detroit. Let's go, um, baby. Kevin, Stephanie. LinkedIn user, what's up, Demars? I don't know who that is. What's up? What's up, LinkedIn user? LinkedIn user. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just down the street in Memphis. Uh, Brady, it's good to see you. Alex, Chris is the homie. He's the one who got me into Taylor's Orbit. Uh, that's right, baby. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then and I have to give a shout-out to Chris. Everyone's just giving shout-outs today. Chris was the first one, with the help of Kyle Welch, Kyle gets butt hurt if, if I don't give him a shout-out. <laughs> Chris and Kyle Welch basically introduced me to the engineering community and opened me with welcome arms. So Chris and I, I've known, I've honestly known Chris, I think longer than most people. Um, So Joe, it's good to see you. Um, No, the other Chris. Okay, cool. Uh, Michael, let's see here. No, I can't follow the conversation. It's been very difficult this morning. I had my, I was, I was, I was uh, hanging out with Chris backstage and and my founder called me and and it was just, it's just been a lot this morning. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Brady, moving to Nashville, near Nashville. Awesome. Well, definitely hit me up. Um, if you're closer to Memphis, hit up James. Um, Braden, Starbucks is garbage. I love it. Ricardo. Uh, yeah, I'm down to a Nashville meetup, 100%. Um, I can help. Uh, Scott from Boston, I love it. Eric, it's good to see you as well. All right, cool. Enough of me running my mouth. Uh, well, first off, I have to give the play. I have to give a shout to that conference. First off, Chris and I will both be there next week. Second off, yep. their official coffee sponsor of the show. So I'm drinking uh some some that conference coffee beans it's really good highly recommend it um but go check it out great conference chris will be there etc etc um all right cool uh yeah listen todd duncan is mud listen i get it but i don't have many choices up here todd chill out anyways love you buddy all right chris give the people what they want who are you what do you do and we'll go from there chris demars from detroit michigan currently living outside of detroit michigan unemployed developer advocate i like to consider myself a free agent I am one of the best in the DevRoke meet. No, I'm just joking. Uh, but for real, though, developer advocate, uh, free agents, unfortunately, uh, looking for a gig. But, yeah, that's me. Uh, I love community. I love Tay-Tay. I love everybody that's in this chat. We're all friends, and uh, we're just here to vibe. We're just drinking coffee on a beautiful uh, Tuesday morning. Just just two tatted dudes drinking coffee, hanging out. That's, that's right, baby. That's right. That's so right. Chris got more tattoos than I do. I'm, I'm, just, trying to, I'm just trying to catch up Chris. That's true. That's true. Um, so, Chris, so you're in Detroit. So, do, I, I want to get the pleasantries out of the way. Um, what is uh, what's 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 the favorite pizza spot in Detroit for you right now, man? Like, 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 if people Ooh. are coming through Detroit for, for maybe maybe it's a layover overnight. You know, maybe they're driving through. Where do people got to go right now to uh, to get some good za? I got two spots for you, and they are go. original, original Detroit style pizza spots. Which is my favorite, uh, by the way. My wife calls yeah. it fancy breadsticks. Oh no, I don't know I, about I that. I know, I know, but I love Detroit style pizza. I love Detroit style pizza. She doesn't I love like it as much, but I do. So if I had two, so I, I mean, everybody knows this. I'm on a pizza hiatus. I've been on a pizza hiatus. It's going going to be a six months. Dang, dude. I, yeah, I gave up pizza. I'm giving up pizza. Well, I gave up pizza for six months. It's over in September, so I haven't had za. Yeah, since March 22nd was the day. And a bunch of people on Twitter said, oh, you're not going to be able to do it. You're, you're, you're going to give in. Well, I read between the lines. You know what I'm saying? That, that's that's how I feel about that. Because I'm going to push through. It's all about willpower, you know? Uh, and I haven't had popping over a year and 
So that's pretty good. That's awesome. But if I had if I had two two spots, it's either going to be Buddies or Cloverleaf. Okay. And Buddies is the original. Buddies started uh, back in the fifties. Buddies Rendezvous, Six Mile and Conant here in Detroit. Okay. And then the the founders of Buddies sold it, opened up or I bought Cloverleaf in Roseville. Okay. And Cloverleaf now there's only one indoor location for Cloverleaf. The others are uh, uh, carry out. Cloverleaf is still the same recipe as the OG Buddies, but if I had two to pick, it'd be Buddies or it would be Cloverleaf. Uh, Todd Libby with the jokes, Pizza Hut and Domino's, right? Todd, that's good. Can you, can you boot Todd out of the stream? I know. I know. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, Ellie, it's good to see you. Morning, everybody. Ribs yesterday and pizza. Yeah, we're on a big – we're on a uh, – we, we, we talked ribs yesterday. Um, so uh, I love it. I love it. Um, so, Chris, the next question, man. Detroit Red Wings, how y'all looking for this upcoming year? Well, you know, a lot of people were pissed off about uh, what Eiserman did this year with the trades and getting rid of people and bringing people on, but you got to trust the Iser plan, man. There's yeah, a method do. to his madness. And he, you know, he brought in to cat. He's got a couple really, really fast sharpshooters. You know, he kept Mo on, he kept Lukey on, he kept, a, you know, Larkin, of course, Bertuzzi, you know, you saw Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi went to Boston. Now he's going to be in Toronto. Hopefully we get Bert back at some point, but uh, I don't know, but you got to trust the Iser plan. You know what I yeah. mean? We got, we got Cosa who uh, was playing on the Toledo Walleye, which is one of our farm teams. Yep. And he was yep. like one of the best goalies in the league. So, and he's like 6'6". I guess a big goalie, you know what I mean? So, oh, you just got to trust goalie. the, you gotta trust the Iser plan, man. You know, you got to trust the Iser plan. We, we we played a goalie last night in uh, in beer league. We won 7-2, to two, but he was a big guy. We just we just picked him apart. So, big goalies Ooh. are big. Having size is, is, is good. We actually, Chris... Funny enough, I didn't realize the Toledo Walleyes were the farm team for the Detroit Red Wings. Um, one of our goalies that plays with us uh, was yeah. a backup on the Toledo Walleyes for a year. So, oh, nice! Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like they're like the third one on the list. Like our main our main team is the Griffins, Grand Rapids Griffins. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah, that. Grand Rapids is Griffins that are AHL? like that's AHL. Yeah, Grand yeah, Rapids. So like when we're pulling, like when we're moving people back and forth, we're pulling from the Griffins and we're sending up to the Griffins. Yeah. Okay. But like Flint has a team, and then Toledo Walleye. Like yeah. if you look at Kosa's, if you look at Kosa's, yeah. yeah. If you look at Kosa's goalie mask, it's got a Red Wing on it. Like it's a Red Wings mask. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah. For those of you who have, they're like, who the hell are y'all talking about? We're talking about ice hockey. <laughs> We're talking about hockey, by the way. Um, okay. Okay. It's good to see you, buddy. It's really, really good to see you. Um. All right, man. So Chris, let's talk about the job search, right? So um, sure. I'm fresh off of it. You're fresh on it. Thoughts, Ooh. comments, observations. Let's just go ahead and kick it off, man. Well, first off, I see a go abs go kick out Brady right now. Kick Brady out of this chat. Dude, there's a lot of hate. We got Todd throwing Pizza Hut and Domino's, and we got Brady going abs, man. People, that's people all right. Make- that's all right. Todd drinks coffee with coffee milk, so you know what? <laughs> he can he can get out of this chat too. He can kick rocks. <laughs> they say he can kick rocks with open toed shoes. Anyways, oh, uh, so June twenty. 20- Actually, I found out I'm sitting in the same spot drinking the same coffee, and it's almost eleven o'clock. Twenty minutes till eleven. On June 27th, in the same spot, is when I got laid off. So I've been laid off since June 27th, uh, developer advocate uh, at a company where I built the developer relations program from the ground up. I was the DevRel team. So I would joke about saying, you know, I was the director, team lead, and the VP of DevRel, and also the developer advocate. Because DevRel and developer advocate, it's two different things, right? You're a developer advocate and DevRel team. Mm -hmm. So I used to joke around all the time, but... 
I did all of that. I built strategy. I built processes and tracking for success and metrics. I did all that stuff. And then I was canned uh, almost about nine months. And I've been applying everywhere, shotgun applying everywhere. I've probably applied to 100 gigs since mm-hmm. June 27th. Mm-hmm. Um, like one night I applied for like 16 jobs. Yeah. In one night. Hot tweet. And yeah. And like I'm either getting uh, like a couple. I've had a couple interviews, a couple, two promising interviews. I'm hoping one comes through. If anybody's on the stream from this company, hey, let your boy know. Uh, but I've had two interviews so far, and uh, like a prelim, and then the other company. I've had three interviews so far, and we're still waiting to see what happens. But dude, it's hard, man. Like a lot of companies are freezing hiring, or they they realize how much it takes to pay a developer advocate. Yeah, and they're like, no, 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 no. Like we we can't afford developer advocates. Like that's yeah. a lot of money. It's like. I always say, if you're not going to, if you are a gung ho on your product and you are going to want a DevRel team, you better invest in it and really take it seriously. Because if not, your, your product is going nowhere, in well, my opinion. Yeah. And, and, and listen, man, I mean, I, I use Chris and I'm not just saying this is Chris on the call. I say this all the time. I have learned about more software products and companies because of the DevRel model than any other type of marketing. Like I only knew about split because of Chris, right? And 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 there there's a lot of other companies out there that I've learned because of the DevRel developer advocate model because I think at the end of the day and Chris I'm interested in your thought people want to buy from people, right? right? Like like your your company marketing could put out Canva posts on Instagram and LinkedIn, but at the end of the day, you don't have anybody out in the community which which may be a good segue for both of us about the importance of community. So Chris, can you talk about people buy from people and kind of that model, why it's so important? Yeah. You know, I, I, I struggled um, in the, in the dev ad, the dev rail space to make the big separation between community and product, mm-hmm. like product events, like reinvent KubeCon, stuff like that. Right. And then you have, you know, community events like that and connect right. tech and KCDC. Like those are community events. Developers are going to be at those events. Not the people signing the checks, not people looking for buying product, mm-hmm. right? Those people are at product and showcase events. They're the ones with the checks. If you are going to like a reinvent or something like that and you're a developer, unless you're like like super, super nerdy and you want to go for the tech, you're going to pay out of pocket. But that shit is not cheap. No, right? it's not. No. If you're a developer and you're there, you're either there because you really, really want to be and you have the money to go or your company sent you. Right. right? You're not there to sign checks. And that's the big difference between community events, community in general, and product and product events in general. You want to get in front of developers. If you're a developer, you know, I've been a front of developer for 27 years. You want to be on the front lines where those developers are going to be. And they're not going to be at a product event. They're going to be at a developer community event. Mm-hmm. And you want to be able to vibe with them. You want to be able to empathize with them. You want to be able to understand their issues and their concerns. Because you, chances are, nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, You've been in that same position before yeah. and you, you yeah. had to sympathize with somebody else or somebody mm-hmm. else has had to sympathize with you, right? You have to be there to understand. Those are the people, right? A customer and a client is not the developer. I'm sorry. I'm going to put that right on the table right now. What do you mean by that? The whole, the whole customer and client thing. Oh, well, we got to reach out to our customers. Who? Who's your customer? Company ABC is the customer. Jane Doe is the developer. I'm not trying to reach out to company ABC. Reaching out to right? Jane Doe. 
I'm trying to reach out to Jane Doe. She, yeah. they are the developer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had th that's the hardest thing to get across to organizations. Is there's a difference between developer and customer and client. Yeah. The customer is the company. The developer is the developer, right? Yeah. I'm not. I don't give a shit about the company at that point. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not trying to sell to the company. People that are writing checks don't care about the code, right? I want to talk to the developer and get with them on the same level, and then we yeah. can vibe from there. 100%. Uh, Scott comes in here with a pretty good question. If any aspect of your platform is going to be developer-facing, i.e. you have integrations, hooks, SDKs, APIs, it sounds like you need DevRel. Though, I'd love for you to break down a difference, if any, between DevRel and Dev Advocacy. This is actually an interesting question. I don't know, Chris, is it just a difference of terminology or is there a difference? So developer relations, and I mean, it really depends on who you talk to. Okay, that's what I to thought. To me, developer relations is a team okay. of different things. Interesting. Right? Okay. Community managers are DevRel. Developer advocates are DevRel. Developer relations, it, it would it'd be no different than saying, uh, let's see, how can I put this? Um, if you had an overarching team, yeah, right? The overarching team has a name, right? Or like a classification. Then you have the people under that that have different areas of that that mm -hmm. roll up to that team, right? right? You have a team lead, you have a community manager, you have a community lead, you have a technical evangelist, you have a content writer. Even though your content writer does not have the term developer advocate, if they're putting out content, they are essentially a developer advocate, right? They're okay. putting out content for the developer community. Sure. Everybody, in a sense, is a DA, but we all work under the umbrella of the developer relations team. That's what we do. Like product relations, okay. we'll have, might have a salesperson, an engineer, right? A team lead. Sure. And you can say, yeah, I'm product rel. Okay, what do you do under product rel? Oh, I'm an engineer. Okay. Same thing. Okay. That's, that's, that's the difference. Okay. I love that. I love that. Um, talk about, you know, I, I, I've had, you know, I've, James, you know, I've had James on the show, you know, I've had a few other, you know, I've had a lot of dev advocates on the show. And I think it's always an interesting question. How do you address, and maybe you're doing this in interviews right now, which I'm sure you are. How do you address metrics, vanity metrics, real relationships? Um, you know, even I have a talent advocate title at gun.io at the end of the day, I'm actually DevRel, And let's just be honest, right. With what I do. Right. I, 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 and it's something I've had to deal with with during interviews. I mean, you got to have some metrics, right? Yeah. So, how do you approach that? That's a that's a tricky one because uh, yeah, <laughs> me met metrics in the DevRel space is always like the talk. Like, <clears throat> it's extremely difficult to tie one thing to another in, in what we do, right? right? So, I mean, you have those vanity metrics, you have those success metrics, you have those attribution metrics. I try to like section things off, right? So like attribution metrics, right? Like if you're if you're tweeting about stuff or you're like putting out links, or you're writing content, you're putting out links, like having like links to track that stuff, like UTM links with like the like the medium as to where it came from, whether that's like LinkedIn, Twitter, Twitch, Blue Sky, Mastodon, whatever. And being able for like a uh, like a that's what a content team, that's well, sort of like a content team or like a data person that's on a content team to see the influx of traffic and where that's coming from and if that's from a link that you possess as a developer advocate okay cool we can track that engagement back to what you did right, right. so that's one way uh you know mary thingval if anybody knows who mary thingval is um, they are like the the person in the space and i look up to mary they have the the book on devrel if anybody doesn't have it it's the business uh business value development relations it's the book with the avocados on the front yes great Great, great book. I suggest anybody that's in the DevRel space or wants to get in developer relations to purchase it, read it five times. So great. 
um, in that book, there's a lot, there's talk, there's, there's, are there's pages or articles or whatever content about DevRel qualified leads mm -hmm. and what DevRel qualified leads are. It's like, if let's say you're at a conference and you talk to somebody in marketing, you talk to an engineer, you talk to a QA, you talk to product, you talk to sales, you talk to somebody and you get them interested. You can't make them do anything. Mm. Right. But you can take that information and you can pass it off to right. a salesperson. You can pass it off to an engineer. Now you've already helped in that middle, that middle space as the funnel mm -hmm. from point A to point C and your point B and you just funnel that through. Right. Mm. Same thing with, you could talk to somebody, we could talk to somebody at that conference next week about a product. Right. They might show interest, whatever. I'm not there to, to shill product. That's the one thing we don't do in developer relations, developer advocacy. You're not there to shill and sell product. That's what sales are for in market, like other pieces of marketing. But like I could talk to somebody, you could talk to somebody next week. They might show a little bit of interest, but they might not do anything until a year from now. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you make an impact and they know, oh, oh, I talked to Taylor at that conference in Wisconsin. Yeah, that conference was awesome. But Taylor, he really talked about this product and, you know, we, we were using this other product for this, this amount of time. I think we should switch. Then you can start seeing that stuff rolling. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a month. It's not going to happen in six months. It takes time. And that's why when C-level people or board members don't see the needle moving, then it's like, well, if we're not seeing any, uh, you know, action here, we need to start figuring out our money situation and maybe we really need to rethink DevRel. And that's the problem. Let me, <clears throat> this may be a kind of a, a hot take here, but I love hot takes on a, on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, baby. Um, in my opinion, I think the way this, the way we do it, right? You do it. I do it. DevRel, the long form relationship building is the way to go. I do think that you need to have some true salespeople to outbound dials, just dial, dial. I get that. Yeah. In your opinion, do you think, uh, and, and let's just do software team just for the sake of this yeah. conversation should almost have more, a bigger dev advocate team than sales team. Oh, nobody's ever asked me that. That's a great question. Well, and, and the reason why I'm asking you this is because, I mean, in my experiences from staffing to now what I do, it's it's been interesting kind of following some trends and stuff. I told my team at, at when I was at Vaco, like, I can't be the only salesperson because I right. am not the outbound 100 calls a day. And I don't want to be that. That's not what right. I'm good at. I'm good at this, right? right? This. But I do think you need salespeople doing that. So what are your thoughts on kind of building that out? I think having more people on a DevRel team is great. And I, there's a handful of different examples out there. But like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about Okta as being one. You know, you, I, we have a lot of friends over at Okta that are DAs, even at Progress, you know, on the Kendo Dev Advocate team. There are different disciplines for each piece of that product, right? Kendo, for example, you know, you got Catherine, you got Sam, you got Ed, you got Alyssa. And they all are DAs for different languages for Kendo. That is great because I don't believe anybody, unless you are very, very, very intelligent and very smart and you can just pick languages up. If you can know 10 languages, 
and you could be a DA in all those 10 languages for your company. If your company, let's say your company has integrations for all those languages, SDKs, great, knock yourself out. But for me, like I can't do all that. And I think having a bigger DA team is very crucial when it comes to stuff like that. Now, if you have, if your, if your product is one SDK, one language, okay, fine. <clears throat> one person is cool. More people is better. But let, let's say you have a global sales team, right? You can't be a DA in London, England, if you have five London, England, you know, you have five salespeople in London, mm. right? And if they're not open to hiring DAs in London, then you're only limited to your, to, to, you know, the US. Sure. So your, your hands may be, you know, a little tight on that one. But I, th I do think that having more DAs than sales could be a good thing. That way you have more of the information out there and you're going to have more information coming, funneling in. To the salespeople to keep them yeah. consistently busy yeah. talking to companies where you talk to developers. Right. Right. There might be there might be salespeople, like I said, in London. I'm not I'm not out there in London at conferences and meetups and doing all these things. So how are the salespeople talking to developers in London? They're not. They're talking to the customer or the company. Mm -hmm. And that's how they're trying to funnel it in. Yep. So I mean, I could, I could, I could definitely see it. Yeah. See it being yeah. I'm just curious again, no, no right answers here. Right. Um, so, you know, one, one thing, Chris, that I admire about you is, is, well, is one, your openness to talk about mental health on the internet, you know, you're oh, doing yeah, well, you're not doing well. Um, you know, another thing too, is, you know, I was talking with you backstage, just how I love you post about fishing and paintball and stuff like that. Let, let's talk about, let's kind of pull back out of work for a second and, and, yeah. and talk some mental health stuff. I mean, why do you think it's important to have hobbies, you know, especially in tech, um, especially as it relates to mental health? Yeah. So I, I'm a big, big advocate for mental health and normalizing it everywhere, workplace, public, everywhere. And it should be normalized because Amen. most of us are broken in one way or another. I am diagnosed with health anxiety with accompanying OCD. And if anybody knows me, like knows me, knows me in my inner circle, being diagnosed with an anxiety disorder like the one I specifically have is a death sentence every day I wake up. Hmm. Every day I wake up. And to keep going is one of the hardest things in my life. And it sucks. Like, yeah. it sucks. But, you know, one of the things that helped a little bit and didn't help was distractions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, ERP doesn't work for me. CBT doesn't work for me. So if, if anybody's familiar with ERP, it's exposure and response therapy. Uh, so that's where you expose yourself to what causes the anxiety. The anxiety should level down oh, and come down and come down that. and come down. Yeah, yeah ERP. And, uh, it, okay, it, okay, here's a perfect example. I, besides my health anxiety, when I was seeing my counselor, I also have a fear or had a fear of raw meat. Raw meat. Now, I'm an angler. I'm an outdoorsman. Uh, you know, I, I eat meat. I'm a meat eater, but I could not touch raw meat without gloves on. Mm. And if I was handling meat and I would move it from one place to another and I had to take the gloves off, I'd have to sanitize real quick because I thought that there were molecules of the meat that were, have fallen off and I'm going to get sick and die. Mm. So I had, and like, this is being, I'm being extremely vulnerable, yeah, vulnerable yeah, right now, you know what I mean? But that's fine because it needs to be normalized. So it would take me forever to cook a meal. So my counselor wanted me to do ERP first with the raw meat here before we jumped into the heavy stuff, which was the health anxiety. Sure. Because part of the raw meat thing was a fear of getting sick as well. Hmm. 
So I had to stand there in the kitchen and I had her on the phone with me. I just stand there in the kitchen and hold a piece of chicken in my hands mm. or raw pork or raw beef in my yeah. hands and hold it there. And I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Losing my mind. No gloves, right? Yeah. And she's watching me and she's counting down time and she's telling me, you're doing great, you're doing great, you're doing great until the anxiety came down. And I had to do that so many times through the week and so many times through the week and like for multiple weeks. And eventually that fear, that anxiety of raw meat went away. Now I can touch meat with my bare hands. I'm not worried about it at all. It doesn't bother me at all. Hmm. That's exposure and response therapy. You get exposed to it. You find your response hmm. and you prevent the response, which is freaking out or like the OCD that comes along right, with it. Right. That's the ERP. CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, it's just a lot of talk. And yeah. Thinking. Yep. Right. So, so, so the, and, and I'm doing brain mapping right now, which is, which is an interesting form as well. So, yeah. So, yeah. So that, and you know, distractions never work. The one distraction that always worked for me being at conferences with the developer community, because mm. I never worried about my health because I was always out having a good time. I was distracted when I'm away from that, you know, the health anxiety really starts to creep in, mm. but you know, I have so many hobbies. I do so many things and people are like, geez, tomorrow's like, well, you do so much. I ride dirt bikes. I hunt. I fish. Yeah. I forgot I dirt bikes too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I play paintball. Like I just played a tournament over the weekend, came in second place, baby. Motor city horsepower. Let's go. That's my team. I, uh, I fish in fishing tournaments. I go fishing a couple times a week. I got a fish tournament this week on Detroit river for major league fishing. If you don't know major league fishing, shout out major league fishing, the BFL Phoenix series, best, fishing league on the Detroit river. I do that. Like I got to keep going. Like I got to keep moving. And it's been that way for a long time. I don't like sitting at home. I don't like being here and stuck here. Like these tattoos right here, these, these spider webs. Yeah. Spider webs. You know, if, if you know, tattoo culture, spider webs start off as a prison tattoo. Um, uh, it's a prison tattoo because, and I've never been to prison. I have a clean record. I'm a college graduate. You know, don't, I've never been to prison, Todd. And you know that. Uh, but spider webs, the, you know, the culture behind spider web tattoo is you feel trapped. You know, ah. a fly flies into a spider web, they're trapped, right? You're yep. behind bars. The meaning for these is because I'm trapped in here, hmm. right? Hmm. I'm always trapped in my head and it's hard to get out. So that's why I want to be consistently going farmers markets, the park, oh, riding wow. bikes, doing anything, motocross, paintball. Because when you're focused on paintball, you're focused on the field layout, you're focused on what you're going to do with your team when you're fishing, you're focused on presentation and where you're going to go next and see where you're going to fish are. Like you, you have to be focused on these things and you can't focus on yourself in your mind. Right. That is why being part of the community is so great because you're, Oh, and the paranormal stuff, you know, I'm doing yeah. paranormal conventions and all that. So that's how Alex and I met our first relationship. We met on Twitter through the paranormal community, found out he was a developer, and then I found out at a conference that our friend Cecilia was his mentor. That's awesome. So, like, it's full circle. You know what I mean? But distractions and community and doing all these things help tremendously when it comes to mental health. I don't, I know, I don't, I know that you don't like looking at a machine and the screen all the time. I don't like looking at a screen all the time. This shit is stressful. I don't care what you're doing in IT, it is stressful. Whether you are a designer, a recruiter, VP, it's, it's all stressful. Yeah. It's one of the, it's one of the most stressful jobs that's out there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And if we don't take time for ourselves to like, just chill and kick it and vibe out, burnout is a thing. Oh yeah. Burnout is a thing. So hundred percent, hundred percent. I love it. I love it. Well, y'all, uh, as we wrap up here, uh, Chris, I always ask everybody two questions. First question, what tools, technologies, trends, 
are you kind of looking into or tinkering with right now that you want to share? Oh, so currently right now, I'm actually building a new app uh, with Ionic. Shout out to Mike Hardington, big Mike, beautiful blue-eyed Mike with his beautiful, beautiful beard. He does have a beautiful um, beard. He does have a beautiful beard. Uh, so I'm building an actually a phishing app with Ionic, and I'm going to be using Clerk, which is a an authentication service, drag and drop authentication service, uh, just to do like a sign in, like a simple sign in, just to see if I can play with it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I'm building the app currently, uh, where it's going to be a mobile app. It might be a PWA. I might push it out to Android and iOS. We'll see. But it's just an app where you can track your weight out of five fish. It's called. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I shouldn't even be talking about it right now because somebody's going to steal it. But you track, it tracks all your fish that you're catching throughout the day, and then it will cull your fish for you. So it'll find the – if you get five fish, and let's say you have a small fish on your list, and the next fish you catch is bigger than that one, when you input it, it pulls that small one off, and it puts the big one oh, on. Nice. So that way it automatically culls it for you, so you don't have to, like, try to figure it out or, like, weigh your fish at the end of the day. Or, like, when you get five fish, there's a, there's a culling scale that you can have, and it's just got two slots on it. And you put your cold clips on it, whichever one tips, you know, you know, it's the bigger fish and you throw the smaller one back, you put the bigger fish in. So you consistently have five. So then to do that, this app can do it automatically. Nice. Since calling, calling clips are numbered one, two, three, four, five. You'll know on the list, it's one, two, three, four, five in the order you catch them. That's cool. So it'll go through. Yeah. Take that one small fish off, put the big fish on and you can keep going and keep fishing. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, last question as we wrap up here and again, please go connect with Chris. Um, he's an awesome follow and a good friend. Um, uh, what would be your biggest piece of career advice to your younger self? Right. Cause we had you know, this guidance counselor oh. 2.0 reason why it's called guidance counselor 2.0 is because we had mil- uh, guidance counselors in middle school, high school and college, but now as adults, we don't really have a guidance yeah. counselor. Right. And so, yeah. um, what would be your biggest piece of advice? Oh, this might turn into a little story. How much time we got? Wait, we got as much time as you need to tell this story. <laughs> well, a lot of people know this story. Uh, but if I had anything to tell my younger self, so I would say when you get the gut feeling to pursue anything in IT, do not wait to do it. Do not wait to do it. Don't go out somewhere else looking for fast cash. Do not do it. So I started writing code in 1996, right? And I didn't think when I was a kid, I didn't think I could get a job doing any of this stuff. I thought you had to work for like a fortune 500 or, yeah. you know, big company like that. Right. I, I don't know. Like little, little Chris didn't have an allowance. He didn't have a domain. Like he used angel fire. Right. Cause it was free. Get out of college or get out, get out of high school. I was writing code in high school, get out of high school, go to college, go to college for web development. Cause I thought I, back then you needed a degree in like 2003, 2004. Right. It wasn't like self-taught. Like if you didn't have a degree, nobody was hiring you. Right. So I'm like, well, I know all this stuff mostly anyways. So I'll just go back to, dropped out four times, dropped out of college four times because I was consistently looking for fast cash. I've had any, every job under the sun that you can think of because I thought I could make money quick. And then it hit me in my 20s. I'm like, this is, shit is not working. Like I've always, I'm still slinging code on the side, doing all these odd jobs. Mm-hmm. I love doing this. Like I really, really, really need to take this serious. And I stopped everything I was doing. I got back into college, graduated with a 396. Dean's Academic Achievement Award for my field of study, straight go. A's and B's. I had one B in college, all A's, one B. Uh, Dean's, or, uh, Dean's, Dean's List, President's List, all this other stuff. And uh, finally got like a full-time job with benefits in the IT world, like as a blue badge, you know, uh, in like 2013, 2014. 
after you know all the years of doing it on my own since 1996. But I waited. I waited too long to get back into it. And I, and I get it. Like, you know, any age you can start doing this stuff. Sure. It's true. Any age you can start doing this stuff. But for me, I feel I would have benefited a lot more if I would have kept going with it when I was younger. Yeah. But you know what we got to say here in Michigan or in Detroit, Detroit hustles harder. Like you want something, you got to go for it. Yep. And there ain't no, nobody's going to do it, but you, so you got to be able to hustle. And if you don't, you're just going to be left behind because you know, Michigan, Detroit, we got a bad rap here and it's, you know, it's not a bad place, but we've gone through a lot of shit in, yeah. in Michigan and Detroit with, you know, layoffs and the big three and the, the crash of 2008, 2009, like bankruptcy and all this sort of stuff, big, you know, big things that happened. They're like, you need to be able to push and hustle because we don't play no game. We don't play games here. Like I will leave you in the dust. Yeah. Because I have to hustle. I have to push myself or I'm not going to get anywhere. And that's just, that's how I was raised. And that's how I just came up. So start early, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Don't burn yourself out, but hustle. Cause you're going to, you're going to get it. And you keep hustling. You're going to get it. And I don't mean hustle, like code on the weekends, code at nights, take all your time, live your life. Work-life balance sure, is sure. super crucial. Don't hustle to the point where you're going to bring yourself out, but make stuff happen. Cause you know what, yeah. when you don't have a job, your job is to find a job. 100%. Last question that came in here before we wrap up, Braden. Chris, one question. Best way to prep for my first tech interview today? Oh, well, I guess it really depends on the role, right? If you are a front-end dev, back-end dev, if you're going to be like a product owner, stuff like that. Um, there are great questionnaires out there for like, and they're on GitHub, like front-end interview questions. Mm-hmm. If you can find that, go through that and start reading it because there'll be different sections on like CSS, JavaScript, uh, HTML, excuse me, product, hopefully accessibility because I'm an accessibility advocate. If you can go through those and kind of study those, that's a great one. Uh, same thing for the back end doing that. There's a book out there called Cracking the Coding Interview or Cracking the Code Interview. I know a lot of people have read that or have gone through that. I would definitely start with that, but I would also have a handful of questions, and Taylor will back me up on this, have a handful of questions in your back pocket yeah. to throw at them because it's a two-way street. An interview is just not about you. It's about that person that's interviewing you, and they might not know anything about the technology. Yeah, right? You might be able to stump them because they might just be reading from a list. Like I've, I've had to interview people about stuff I had nothing, I knew nothing about. Right. right? And they'd ask me, and I'm like, oh, well, you know – Somebody else is more qualified to answer that question for you. And I'd pass my feedback on to recruiters, but always make sure that you have those questions in your back pocket. Yeah, absolutely. All right, y'all. Well, that was great. Chris, stay on so I can say bye to you. Uh, thanks again for everybody hanging out with me today. And Chris, Guidance Counselor 2.0. Uh, and then tomorrow, um, very excited. I have Cyrus Harbin on the show. Cyrus is one of the hosts at Render ATL this year. Um, so he and I are hanging out. Um, but again, go connect with Chris. Um, And we'll see y'all tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. Central. Y'all take it easy. Peace. Peace. Hey, you did it. You listened to an entire episode. And I am very grateful because you know why? There's a lot of podcasts out there. There's a lot of episodes. And I myself rarely finish an entire episode. So I appreciate you so, so much for listening. Quick reminder, please rate and review this podcast in the App Store. I want this to be discoverable to others. And the only way that happens is if you take the time right now and rate and review it, please, like right now, unless you're driving, then don't do it. So thank you again. If you need to reach out to me at T Destin on all social media handles, 
and I hope you have a fantastic day.